what have you learned from the experience? What is it that you have learned? And I have this Nelson Mandela poster that's in my office that says, I never lose, I either win or I learn. And I keep that there and it's in my office because yeah, there have been instances of my period where I made a hard money loan and this is the reason why I don't do hard money loans anymore. Welcome to the Share the Wealth Show, where minority professionals can learn to escape the racial wealth gap and catapult themselves into abundance. Your host, Nicole Pendergrass, grew her net worth from being negative to multiple six figures. Join her on her investigative mission to expose secret strategies of the wealthy so we can all have the tools needed to build the life and legacy we were created to possess. Now it's time for the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Share the Wealth Show. This is the show where we discuss strategies on how to grow, build, and protect minority wealth. And today we're going to do something a little different. We actually have a ton of great episodes in our archives. Since the inception of the show, I've had the pleasure of talking to so many phenomenal people, and I want their information and the strategies and tips and mindset that they have to be shared with the world, and I don't want it to be buried in the past, right? So today is Flashback Friday Featured Edition, and I hope you enjoyed the message from one of our previous guests because it's really so impactful and you need to take a listen. We'll see you next time for our regularly scheduled episodes, but stay tuned for today. Hey guys, so we're back again. This is the second part of the episode with today's guest. I need you, if you have not heard part one, go back to the previous episode and listen to that first and then come back and join us here today. But you're not going to want to miss what they already said because then you'll be lost with what they're about to say. But in any case, you don't want to miss the whole, you need to hear the whole conversation. This is why we split into two parts. There's so many nuggets. It's so juicy. Go back and listen to the first part. Listen. I know you've been digging in, studying everything you can, listening to all the podcasts, reading all the books, even going to meetups. You basically have a degree from YouTube University, right? But you still feel stuck. You don't know how to actually implement what you've learned. You're nervous about taking the next step. And with the economy like it is, especially with the downturn looming, you're even thinking maybe you should just wait it out. I know you've heard that Real estate makes more millionaires than any other asset class. But you know what else? More millionaires are made in a downturn than any other market cycle. So now is the perfect time to jump in and really get started. I'm super bullish on growing my portfolio this year, and I don't want you to miss out. So I've decided to start the Microfamily Investing Accelerator. This is a mentorship program where I personally guide you through my five proprietary pillars so you can learn how to buy your first commercial multifamily property and scale while not biting off more than you can chew by focusing on five to 20 units. That's what I call microfamily. And so you can also get hands-on guidance from an experienced microfamily investor, me, who's been right where you are, nervous about how to start. And so you can also create the cash flow needed to give you freedom and options to build the abundant life that you were destined to live. So I'll be limiting the first cohort to five students because they'll have direct access to me and I will be heavily invested in their success. 
The first group is going to start in January. So if you're ready to grab 2023 by the horns, schedule a free discovery call with me today. The link is in the show notes. Let's hit the ground running in 2023. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. And now let's get back to the show. I know I said a lot there. You did. You're always saying a lot in each in each breath. And I, I can't stop it. I got to keep listening because it's just so good. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, time is the one thing we can't get back. And I think what I, I might have mentioned this on our pre-conversation about how, how I got started in real estate and just assuming the timeline would be much shorter than what it really was and is. So I just want people to go into this knowing, having a long-term plan. But if you start and, and, and do it intentionally and do your research, educate yourself, increase your network with people that you can trust. Like you said, there's all this stuff going on um, in the multifamily and commercial world right now about this bad actor who's getting indicted. I know you've, you've heard about the guy, right? Who's that? Matt something and something. Mm-mm. I know his last name, but he's not in the multifamily space. He's in a triple knit, triple oh. knit space. FTX guy? No, not the crypto guy. This no. is at least with retail. And he oh, just got retail partners or something like that. He is indicted and the FBI is in, investigating him for bank fraud. There's like a whole bunch of information behind that. But end of the day, what I want you guys listening to know is that you really have to take vetting your sponsors and who you're investing with seriously and do all the background checks that Lee mentioned. Like that seems you'll hear as a passive investor, all you need to do is like, that the sponsor, but it's like, how do you do that? How if you have limited resources or information? But I love the idea, like Lee mentioned, of going to the Kate Chamber of Commerce or going to the Economic Development Committee in the cities where you're looking at investments and make sure that what you're being sold or pitched is actually true. You can double check the information that people are giving to you. If you don't know how to underwrite, you can learn or you can find someone who's an expert underwriter. You can actually pay somebody to underwrite a deal for you who's a non-partial third party and just double check their numbers. You can do that kind of thing. So there are ways to really vet opportunities that you're looking at. But I just want to let you know that Lee's not, you know, doing too much. He's making sure his capital is safe and growing it responsibly. The first rule of the game is preservation of capital. Yes. Because if you lose your capital, you're going to be on the bench. Right. And there's a couple of things that happen when you're on the bench. The first thing that happens is you're going to go through your levels of grief, right? Because you lost money. You're probably going to say to yourself, I'm stupid, whatever, whatever, whatever. But until you get over that hurdle, you're, are, you aren't going to be willing to get back into the game. Right. And as you just mentioned, Nicole, time is your enemy when it comes to this. Right. Because I know everybody may have seen it, but the eighth one of the world, in my opinion, is compound interest. And just Google it. If you double one penny for 30 days, at the end of 30 days, you will have $5.3 million. One penny, but it needs to double every day for 30 days. But the whole purpose of that story 
is to help people who don't know what compound interest is to see it. And a picture is a thousand words. And if you put together an Excel spreadsheet and you see it or you just Google it, you'll see that with compound interest, 30 days, a penny grows into $5.3 million. And it demonstrates the power of compounding. Definitely. So I know you are an active syndicator now, right? Have you switched from the LP side to the GP side? Sorry? Have you switched from the LP side, limited partner side, to the general partner side, or are you still investing as a limited partner? I I do both. You do both. Okay. What made you want to jump over into the general partner side? Well, on the general partner side, right, and, you know, you have to be doing more than just raising capital in order to be in compliance with the SEC rules, right? So that's first thing first. So we have to let your, your viewers know that. But also, if you have the ability to bring others into the deal, you should reap rewards from doing so. So that's what helped me to move over to the LP side. But now my wife and I were building out our own portfolio of, of assets that we're purchasing because we, she's a real estate agent. You don't have to be a real estate agent to be qualified as a real estate professional, but also you're going to be in a position where you can offset uh, active income with passive income. So we're going to get that material participation by having a small portfolio of uh, a small multifamily that we're going to self-manage ourselves, right? And that way, now we're taking this W-2 income, we're offsetting it with passive losses. And, you know, at that point in time, the, 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 the name of the game is swap until you drop. We're going to just do 1031 until the day I die. And then there's some cost basis for when my estate takes over. But that's what I'm teaching my children to understand that, hey, if you want to go and get your college education, perfect, do it, right? But don't get caught up in trying to get to that CEO offers, et cetera, because first and foremost, this, your chances of doing that are like trying to get into the NBA. Probably it's even easier than to get into a CEO spot than it is to get into an NBA but you have to you have to work the corporate politics, and I believe that there's a mental stress that comes on to you know underrepresented groups from having to deal with the politics that are necessary in order to you know make it to that CEO office. And many don't make it; they they burn out for one for one reason or another. I think that you could actually be in control and actually grow generational wealth by making that bet on yourself. I always said that. I, I said if you bet on yourself. That's the bet you can never lose because even if you don't, if, even if it doesn't go as you have planned it to, what have you learned from the experience? What is it that you have learned? And I have this Nelson Mandela poster that's in my office that says, I never lose. I either win or I learn. Looking to build wealth with real estate? Are you all tapped out on YouTube University and ready to get help tailored to your specific situation and goals? Have you always known that you are a little different from the crowd, that you never liked following the status quo, and that you're just tired of living in mediocrity? You want to build wealth on your own terms outside of Wall Street? Well, you know, then maybe the Microfamily Mavericks Mentorship Program can help with that. 
is a community where I handhold you through the process of buying your first small commercial multifamily building because not everyone is ready for 100 units out the gate. Why multifamily? Because it gives your rental income a hedge against vacancy. Imagine what happens when your single family rental tenant leaves, right? And why commercial five plus units? Because you have much more control over increasing the building's value in the commercial space, and then in turn, increasing your own net worth. Starting small is a stepping stone to so much more, because then you can tap that equity and buy another building and another and another, and you get the point. So increasing your cash flow and your ability to be job optional along the way, it's all a part of the journey. So. If you think big, but you wanna start small, and if you know multifamily real estate is the way for you to open the door to building a life of freedom, abundance, and legacy, but you just need someone to guide you step-by-step, and you wanna be surrounded by other people on the same journey, doing the same thing, then just click the link in the show notes to find out a little bit more about the Microfamily Mavericks, and I look forward to potentially seeing you on the inside. So, now back to the show. And I keep that there, and it's in my office because Yeah, there have been instances of my period where I made a hard money loan. And this is the reason why I don't do hard money loans anymore, is that if the hard money loan isn't in first trust position, you basically just gave someone a $50,000 check and you're in second trust position. If that property doesn't go as you had planned, the first person who's in first trust position is going to sue and take all of the equity or most of the equity. So that's one of the reasons why I stopped doing hard money loans, especially in my area, because unless you're in first class position, you basically just did a a, a Boy Scout loan. Yeah. And and I don't wanna and I don't wanna do that because first things first, you lose friends that way. You lose friends because everything's gonna be fine, hunky dory until they're not able to pay you back. So the one thing that I would say is to your viewers is also make sure that you are conducting business as business. You should be conducting business under your entity, whether that's going to be an LLC or some other, uh, some other entity designation, right? You shouldn't be doing business in your personal name, right? First, you don't want that recorded on the, on the county records, right? So there's just so many different levels to this, but at the end of the day, I wanted to help share my journey about how, you know, I went from living, living, uh, in Duncan projects in Jersey city, New Jersey to, you know, being, I, I call myself a, a paper millionaire because most of it is, it is in assets, right? Most of my wealth is in assets, right? I don't really need it to be, uh, liquid, right? It needs to be working in, in some type of investment for me. So I call myself the the paper millionaire. Ooh, that might be a good title, paper millionaire. Don't steal it. <laughs> no, for this episode. Anyway, why something you mentioned? I want to touch on before we hop off. You said you are doing the whole exchange until you die strategy. You know, ten thirty one exchanging. You know, increasing cost basis, all that you know stuff. I don't know. I don't want to get too too. Stop t- until you drop. Oh, swap until you drop. I like swap until you drop. That's a good one too. Swap until you drop. Write this down. Estate planning, generational wealth. Let's transfer to that part of the conversation. After someone has either 
become a limited partner or become a general partner or started, you know, buying multifamilies in however fashion fits their situation. They're building up their net worth, building up cash flow, all this stuff. They have portfolio properties. How are they protecting that and making sure it's passing on to the next generation in the most effective way possible? And maybe even some protection strategies so we don't get that whole three generations and your all the stuff you did is gone kind of thing. Do you have anything like that in place to kind of protect it past one or two generations? Well, the thing about it is you got to you gotta speak to a, an attorney, but you, you set up trust, right? And when it comes to the trust, you have the beneficiaries. The beneficiaries, like if literally I have nothing in my name, if you were to basically Google me, you're going to find that literally I have nothing in my name. Right. So I'm not going to come up on those dockets, et cetera. So that says, oh, you want to sue that guy. Right. But everything is inside of a trust and inside of a trust, you have the beneficiaries and the beneficiaries or the trustees have to agree that if there if someone was to sue me, my trustees would have to liquidate my portion of the trust in order to pay off that debt. And that's never going to happen because my trustees are my immediate family. So those are some of the things that, you know, when it comes to estate planning, it can get complicated very quickly. But what I can do is tell people is if you still have a W-2 job, most of those W-2 jobs have something like a Hyatt legal plan. And one of the, how I got mine done is I leveraged my Hyatt legal plan and they went out and it was for free. They said it was for free, but I was paying for it with every paycheck. They set up all my will, my living trust, my irrevocable trust. They set up the whole kitten and caboodle for us. You know, you go into the office and they have to have witnesses and you do all of a a bunch of signing. But that's where you start talking about protecting your assets. But then you also have to start talking about eventually you grow your net wealth to the point where you can create your own family office, right? And most people, when you get to that level, you don't have enough capital or enough assets that you would be able to go into a single family home office. So you go into a multifamily home office, right? And now once you have the home office, somebody inside of the family or a manager that you hire will be responsible for growing the wealth. And this is how the wealthy people do it. You know, people like Elon Musk, et cetera. One of the things that people don't realize is that wealthy people don't sell their assets. Wealthy people take out low interest loans against their assets. For instance, even if today where rates are today, if you wanted to liquidate something, you would have to pay capital gains if you held it for more than 12 months, right? And that's going to be at 15%, right? If I have the net worth, why not go and get a loan at 6%? I basically just saved myself 9%. You see what I'm saying? And these are some of the, the things that, you know, I, I, I learned that by reading an, an article about what Elon Musk was doing. And I was like, oh, high net worth people, they don't sell their assets. They take out low interest loans against their assets. And instead of paying the 15% capital gains, 
they're paying 6% in interest, and depending upon how you structured the loan, that might even be tax deductible. So there are so many different ways that are out here. You know, you can leverage like I did, WealthAbility and Tom Wright and his team. You're going to have to pay money, but if you have to pay $10,000 to get $40,000 in deductions, would you do it? Right. I, I would say I would do it all day, every day, but I understand that everyone is not in the position in the situation where I am today. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, yeah, I'm not going to peel off 10 stacks in order to go and get some advice from, you know, Billy Bob over here. But today it's, it's said and done. And, you know, I'm now leveraging those 5,800 pages that are in the tax code to reduce my taxable income. At the end of the day, I say to people, it's not how much money you make, it's how much you get to keep. People talk, people with, you know, high income jobs, they're like, oh, I make $500,000 a year. $500,000 a year means that Uncle Sam is loving you every day. 37% off the top. That's just for federal. Then you got state, you got local and other taxes that you're paying. I, I don't knock anybody's hustle, but it's the way that they want to spend their time and what are their objectives. And one point that you made earlier, Nicole, is that people have to have a plan, right? And the people who I work with, the first thing that we do is we set up a one-year plan, a three-year picture, and a 10-year target, right? And all of this is not set in stone, right? It's a living document. But if you don't have a destination, arriving anywhere makes sense. So the first thing that we start working on is, hey, let's go on into understanding what's, what's your one-year plan, your, your three-year picture, and your 10-year target, knowing that it's a living document, we can change it when it needs to be changed, but we have to start out there so then we can map out the plan that we're going to put in place and then to execute. Okay. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Oh, my goodness. I feel like we could just talk forever and ever. Have me back. Like there's so much free, so much more information in that brain that we just have not fully extracted yet. But anyway, so what I'm gonna do now? Actually, I do. I just go. I will say I am trying so hard. I hate my passive losses, my passive loss limitations. That one part I forgot to mention when you were talking about that. But I've been thinking about so many different ways. To be able to access that, but I still have a full-time W-2. There's no way I'm going to get along being a real estate professional. I even looked at like short-term rentals, but then you have to material participate. And then like, that's the whole point. If I do that, it's a very management intensive and I want to get it automated so I can be hands-off. So that doesn't serve me either. And it's just like, until I can leave this W-2, I'm, I'm basically just screwed. And I just got to let but them the build up and just try to save that for to to go against my any gains that I get in the future. So the passive loss limitations is a long-term strategy too, because it can help and yeah. it might not help you right now today, this year, but it can help you in the future. All is not lost. It's all, all is not lost. All is not lost. But what I can say to you is your W-2 today is your addiction, right? And until you can help yourself to realize that, you know, that, that, paycheck and the consistency of that paycheck and those benefits that come along with that are your addiction, right? And until just like a, an addict in anything, alcoholism, drugs, 
until you can break that addiction, right? You're going to be in that same place. But you got to realize that, Nicole, the addiction is what we have been told since we were babies. Get a good education. Get a good job, right? Live the life, right? Live the passive life where you're, you know, not keeping up with the Joneses, et cetera, right? That's the life that we have been told. But we need to deprogram ourselves and say, oh, no, there's, there's other ways that this can be done. And then we put together a plan and we start taking action against that. I, I know what I'm saying is sounding simple, but I know it's very difficult for a lot of people. That's why you have to have that conversation and set up that plan because only with that plan, you start to execute. A goal without a, a, a plan is a wish or a dream. Just had to get that in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? And I feel like, like what you're saying, I, the first thing I would say is, oh, no, I'm not addicted to my job because I can't wait to get laid off. Like my job's having layoffs and I've tried to volunteer. Even though they're not taking volunteers. But in any case, I know like as bad as I want to get out of the W-2, I know when it actually happens, it's going to be a hard adjustment period because I am used to getting that. For however long, 17 years I've been working here. I'm used to 17 years of a steady check every other week, right? I'm used to having healthcare benefits that now I have to find a way to pay for myself. You know, and those things I, I say I want to get out of here, but I know it's going to hit me hard when it actually happens and I have to like get all these other things in place or I don't have the consistency of that check. And that's where you just got to set up your plan and make sure you have the other cash flow from other streams of income coming in. Um, and then that can be consistent. You have, you know, your safety net or whatever you need, but just build it up slowly and it will come in time. Wait, wait, don't go yet. Have you been looking for a way to get started in real estate investing, but you just don't know how? You need the Launchpad. It's brought to you by my company, Norvest Holdings. And the Launchpad is a free guide with a ton of resources I've compiled to help you invest into your first real estate syndication. It includes terminology, book resources, video explanations, all the information that you need. Don't know what a syndication is? <laughs> I got you covered. How to find a good operator. How to even tell if a deal is good or not without having to know how to underwrite it all. It's all in there. The Launchpad is designed to help launch you into the next stage of your investing career and get you invested into your first multifamily syndication as a passive investor, meaning you can be a landlord and own a piece of a large apartment building, but still go about your day-to-day -day life without having to stop and learn every single detail about what's under the hood and how it all works. The link to the guide is in the show notes. Make sure you sign up today. Again, this is a free resource and guide. And if you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to me. Now let's finish up the show. So in any case, we are going to transition to the final few questions that I ask every guest. Mm -hmm. And the first question is, Warren Buffett said diversification is a protection against ignorance. What do you take that to mean? And is he, does he have validity to that statement? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be one to go up against Warren Buffett because he has proven himself time and time again. But sometimes do you have the time to diversify or do you want to make that big bet and go all in? You know, uh, I still have active uh, accounts because I still have a, a W-2 
as well. So I leverage that and I'm invested in index mutual funds. I don't do any actively managed funds, but even with that, I'm only invested in two mutual funds, right? One is a small, smaller mid cap index fund index is the, 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 the quote, the premium word there, as well as a S and P 500 index fund. I do not go with actively managed funds because it's been proven and the data is there that actively managed funds do not outperform benchmarks on a consistent basis. They might have one good year, one, two good years, but over five years, they don't have that consistency. So I say diversify sometimes people don't pay for diversification. Like if you're an expert at something, people pay you for that expertise, right? So you got to have a, a, a little balance of it, but I would say that, yeah, Having multiple sources of income, if I'm looking at it from that stream, makes sense because there's always going to be highs and lows, right? But, you know, diversification to a point. Agreed. Agreed. Because I, I honestly, I think he means that same thing, but that you're diversifying because you don't know enough about that one area to just go deep into one area. So diversification is protecting you against the things that you don't know, right? And that's a little bit about having that safety net and then, but still creating that one area where you can go deep. So I like that. Okay. You played Monopoly before? Yes. Who has okay. it? I said, who has it? <laughs> Actually, one of my recent guests, I love her, so I won't talk bad about her, but she has never played Monopoly. Wow. And it was my first one. And every time I have a guest, I'm waiting for somebody to say, no, they have it. And she was the first one. I actually have one. Mm. But anyway, we still got through the question. But, Boardwalk versus Baltic Avenue. What's your first purchase, you know, as a strategy in winning the game, et cetera, mindset, and why? Well, our good friend Brian Briscoe says you buy real estate or wait, you don't wait to buy real estate. So, as uh, once I've done past go the first time, I say buy whatever comes up first. If you can get Baltic, get Baltic. But if you can get Broadway, get Broadway because in playing the game, I have bankrupt a lot of people by them landing on Broadwalk and having to pay me a ton of rent. So and not only do you buy Broadway, you buy houses to put on Broadway so that when they come, when they land on you, it's going to hurt. It does hurt. It does hurt. It's a little bit of an investment up front, but that's, that's where you get that, those big payouts. Okay. But yeah, but buy anything. Buy anything you land on first. Buy it and wait. Don't wait to buy. All right. What does wealth mean to you? Wealth means to me is being able to call your shots on your own timing, right? If you want to wake up in the morning and just be a bum and lay in the bed all day, you can't. But if you want to, you know, fly to my family's from Belize. So if you want to fly to Belize and, and you know, Go to Dan Griga and just put your feet in the seat. You can't. Well, to me, allows for opportunities. Opportunities for you to be free and to do the things that you want to, what you see fit and want to do with your time. So that's what wealth drives for me. Okay. I love that. Actually, that's, you are the first person I ever asked that question to. It was a new question I threw in here. So thank you. You're my introductory. You, you broke the cherry on that one. So, oh, what's the one thing that you need to take your business to the next level? 
I really didn't take my business to the ne next level is I need a, a person in marketing. So if you got a person who's out there marketing, of course, I'm not a marketer, right? So I do different things, but you know, I'm not really good at it. So, you know, after reading the book, who not how you find type people who have certain superpowers and you pay them what they need to be paid in order to do the things that you need to do in order for you to get, hit your goals. So I need a marketer, a person who could understand everything that I'm trying to do and want to do and, and build it out even more. Oh, you guys hear that? There's a job offer there. If you're into marketing, contact Lee. <laughs> All right. So that concludes the questions. And I thank you so much. The last thing actually is just telling people how to get in touch with you, whether they want to ask about your mentorship or maybe they want to passively invest or figure out anything that they can do in the wealth building arena or how can people reach out to you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. We are on LinkedIn as Passive REI Pros, right? But, you know, phone numbers still work and our phone number is 571-444-8474. And still, email still works. Lee at value investment partners.com short for VIP that we treated people well over here. Nice. I love it. All right. We'll have all those links in the show notes and thank you again so much for joining us today. This was a great conversation. So many nuggets. Oh my goodness. I had yeah, we have to talk more. We got to do it again. It was yes, definitely. Definitely. So everyone, if this episode has been valuable to you and you have picked up the gems that Lee has been dropping. Please don't forget to leave us a rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us to get to the next level and to reach more people so that they can also get this information. We don't want to keep it to ourselves. We want to share the wealth. And until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you. Did you love this episode of Share the Wealth Show? Be sure to connect with Nicole by following her on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. If you picked up any of the gems that were dropped by today's guest, make sure you not only put them in your bag, but if you know of someone who would benefit from this information, don't keep it to yourself. Share the wealth and make sure to leave us a rating and review. We'll see you for next week's episode. Subscribe so you'll be notified.